the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. Of... Welcome back to another episode of Sake on Air a podcast dedicated to expanding the dialogue around Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. Broadcast to you from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center, located in the heart of Tokyo, and made possible with the support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association. My name is Justin Potts, and I'm one of your regular hosts here on this program. And this week, I've actually got something a bit different to share with our listeners. Many of you are likely aware of the 7.6 magnitude earthquake that struck the Noto Peninsula of Ishikawa Prefecture back on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2024. While the most severe damage was unquestionably across the peninsula, the massive quake reverberated across neighboring prefectures as well, resulting in extensive, far-reaching damage that's going to take a great deal of time to truly assess, not to mention recover from. Immediately following the quake, news outlets around the world reported on this tragic turn of natural events. However, the true nature of the damage and devastation to the region didn't really come to light until the days and weeks following the quake, long after international media stopped reporting and updating on the aftermath. To be honest, from what I've been able to see, the instance of the quake made the news while most outlets never really got around to addressing the realities of the actual devastation. Since January 1st, there have been more than a thousand aftershocks that have reverberated throughout the region in the week following just that quake alone, with temperatures in the area generally peaking around in the 40s and dipping down below freezing at night, interspersed with rain and snowfall. Amidst this harsh environment, a vast number of locals and residents are now without homes or proper shelter, and still without running water, electricity, gas, and other daily fundamentals that are required just for basic health, warmth, and sanitation. Severe damage to the roads and infrastructure is making support and rescue services slow and limited, as each trip into the region needs to be carefully calculated. Many of the temporary support centers receiving supplies, those that are stocking food, water, and other basic needs items, have been set up around the outskirts of the peninsula, since damage to the roads makes travel into the region long and challenging, if not impassable. Many locals are stranded in temporary shelters or housing, and while there, they're attempting to sift through the rubble in areas that are without running water or electricity in the midst of all these ongoing aftershocks. As such activity is incredibly dangerous as well, many have had no choice but to flee to neighboring regions with family or colleagues, making occasional calculated rescue efforts back home if and when possible. For those of us personally or professionally involved in the world of sake, news of such extensive damage to the Noto region has been particularly devastating. Although small in terms of physical area, the impact that the Noto region, its brewers, breweries, and the wider culture has had on the sake industry is beyond significant. I'd go so far as to call it legendary. Ishikawa Prefecture has played home to several of the most iconic toji and breweries to grace the sake stage in recent history, developing brewing techniques that have proliferated across the country and standardized a lot of brewing practices for the industry. For what the region lacks in physical size, 
the Noto Toji Guild more than makes up for it in member numbers and influence. The Toji or Master Brewers aside, the number of brewers from the Noto region that are working throughout Japan are more than you could easily count. Many of the traveling brewers from Noto were actually away brewing sake in other regions when the quake happened. Left without a means to return home to check on family, many of them no longer have a place to go home to. Of the 11 breweries that are considered to be part of the Noto region, none are in a position to resume production this year. And due to the extensive damage, many won't be able to resume production at home for at least several seasons to come, if at all. Most, if not all, in-tank product was lost, with completed, bottled stock also largely destroyed. That means that not only are breweries unable to resume production, their short-term source of income, their sake, is also gone. Based on the latest official report from the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association, of the 33 member breweries in Ishikawa Prefecture, 24 of them reported damages, with two reported cases of severe damage. That being said, based on imagery provided by local breweries, at least five of the 11 breweries in Noto were completely destroyed, with another four suffering a degree of damage and structural collapse that is irreparable. The production of Noto sake, for all intents and purposes, has been halted for an indefinite period of months and likely years, and the form that it will take upon resurrection will likely be much smaller than what locals and sake lovers have become accustomed to from the incredible region. Being a program about sake, naturally, the direct impact to the sake industry is going to be our focus. However, I feel a need to point out the greater significance of the Noto region to our listeners. As the work, craft, traditions, and resulting culture that's deeply rooted there is something truly special in a way that's really difficult to describe in words. For me personally, the people, the craftsmanship, and the landscape of the Noto region became a foundational inspiration early on, as it exemplified the qualities that make Japan truly beautiful, and it's a special place in a way that I really haven't found like anywhere else. Every time I'm able to visit, I'm in awe that it's a place that actually exists, and honestly, I feel blessed to even be able to know so many of the people that have and have had so many rich experiences that reaffirm the intangible value of the region. When I think of the idea of an intangible cultural heritage, Noto is really the perfect, most iconic example to fit that definition. In addition to its contributions to the world of sake, the Noto region, and in particular Wajima, which was one of the most devastated areas of Noto, is home to the iconic lacquerware that is so synonymous with Japan. Noto was also the very first region in Japan to be recognized as a globally important agricultural heritage system for its biodiverse agricultural practices, which are inseparable from its cultural components. The Kiriko festivals that take place in the summer are like nothing you'll find anywhere else in Japan. The incredible contributions to the food and fermented food culture that are deeply rooted in and associated specifically with the region. For example, ishiru, which is the naturally fermented fish sauce crafted from squid, squid or mackerel, uh, to the traditional salt-making practices that are like nothing that exists any place in Japan, or arguably anywhere for that matter. 
the physical and structural damage aside, the cultural damage that's occurred in Noto is really immeasurable, and it's devastating to imagine a world where some of it may be irreparable. In addition to the Noto Peninsula and other parts of Ishikawa Prefecture, damage has also been reported throughout surrounding regions. Neighboring Toyama Prefecture has three breweries officially reporting damage as a result of the quake. Fukui reports two breweries, Nagano reports one, and Niigata actually has reported 29 of its 89 member breweries suffering some form of damage from the quake. While clearly nothing to the extent or scale of what's happened to the breweries in Noto, it indicates that there's sure to have been minor structural damage or lost product in some capacity as a result. Now, the question that I imagine many of you have is, how can I help? There are many organizations that have set up means of providing financial aid for a range of people, services, and industries. However, for those interested in specifically supporting the breweries that have been devastated by this natural disaster, the two safest, most guaranteed means of support would be donating to the funds that have been set up by the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association to support all of its member breweries that have suffered damages, or you can also donate directly to the Brewers Association of Ishikawa Prefecture which is where the Noto region is located, and concentrate your contribution in that region. We've listed the account information for aid contributions for both of these organizations in our show notes and on our website on the page outlining this episode. If you do, by chance, have the means to give, know that any contribution, however small, would go a very long way toward preserving something of intangible value to the future of the sake industry. I also know that there are probably many people who are eager to try and help in other ways which aren't only monetary. Having been in touch with individuals working in relief on the ground in the region, and based on past experiences witnessing natural disaster aid in Japan, honestly, while everyone would certainly appreciate any sort of additional sort of outreach or support, the reality is that log the logistics of organizing functional, efficient support is in the midst of such an unstable environment is incredibly challenging and really best left up to those with the experience and who understand the region and its needs best. If you happen to live in Japan and have direct involvement with other organizations that are supplying other forms of aid, there may very well be an opportunity for you. However, having spoken with breweries and distilleries that have suffered similar natural disasters in the past, the reality is that many don't have the resources or bandwidth to engage in a range of activities immediately following such a terrible disaster, and that what every single brewery is going to eventually encounter once they've managed to sift through the rubble and figure out how they're going to take care of their families, workers, and loved ones, and assess the magnitude of the restoration, both physically and financially, they're all going to be staring down a monetary burden that's going to feel crushing. Having some degree of financial resources ready for when that day comes is likely going to be the most helpful contribution that just about any of us could make. Lastly, the other thing that I would suggest, find and enjoy yourself some Noto or Ishikawasake. As long as there are people out there actively seeking and enjoying the incredible craft coming out of this region, that's going to motivate those that are struggling more than anything else. I encourage you all to drink, enjoy, and share.
Thanks so much for taking a few moments to catch up on the situation with us. We'll continue to do what we can to provide updates when concrete information becomes available, so please do follow along with us here at Sake On Air. You can find more information from us on Instagram, X, or Facebook at, at Sake On Air, or if you have questions regarding any of the things we mentioned today, or if you're seeking other means of support that we may be able to help with, feel free to reach out to us at questions at sakeonair.com. As always, there will be more Sake on Air headed your way in just a couple weeks. Until then, thanks for listening and kanpai. Sake on Air is made with the generous support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and is broadcast from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center located in the heart of Tokyo. The show is brought to you by Potsuke Productions with audio production by Frank Walter. <laughs>